So I wrote protocol and I went on social media and just like you said, I was like, Ooh, this looks juicy. 68 (laughs) comments. I'm going to read them all. I wasted my time that I could have been healing and nourishing my soul on reading troll comments and I shouldn't have done it, but I poked the bear and this woman was going on and on about the safety of everything. She said, I only hear friends of friends having these symptoms. And I said, let me just invite you. You can make your own choice, but here it is. And I didn't look again, but apparently it created a whole new thing. The reason that I wanted to bring it up was reading their venom. I felt physically ill because of the mindset of other people. All I really want is acceptance that this can happen and it happened to me. So I need to in turn give them acceptance that they feel this way and then shut the screen. Do you think though some people get so uh, immune or accustomed to feeling that ill? Like that's who they are? That's what they become. Well, it's just, it's a lifestyle. It's a fitness. Like you said, go outside and walk a block. Okay. How about shut the screen and say a prayer? Before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Proper Creative. They help me with our brand content and of course, making our swag. They're the ones that ship it out to us. That's Proper Creative. And they work with any type of business, whether you're a big corporation or a small business or even running it out of your house, they will work with you and they will help you and relieve a ton of liability and work from your shoulders. That's Proper Creative. You can follow them on Instagram, P-R-O-P-R, or you can go to their website at P-R-O-P-R. P-R-O-P-R-L-L-C.com. Let Proper Creative help you build your brand and sell direct to consumer, regardless of the size of your business. Proper Creative is definitely a good choice. Welcome to another week of Level Up with Matt Rogers. I'm your host, Matt Rogers. With me, as always, my man, Eli Adelman. Hey, buddy. Hi, how's it going? Dude, it's going good. It is going good. You're having a good hair day. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Two in a row. I wouldn't know what that's like. Sorry about <laughs> my luck. Well, you know. I'm wearing my TriStar Tennessee hat, though, bro. Yeah, represent. I'm representing. Represent. So, as always, interesting guest today. Phenomenal guest today. I met our guest, uh, well, I met her over the phone like two days ago. Saw her for the first time last week. For you viewers that follow us, that like, subscribe, and share, A, we love you. B, you will know that our very first episode was with Dr. Matt Hubbard, phenomenal chiropractor out of San Diego, believer, just a great man of God and a great man, period. Yep. He had this young lady on his Instagram live, and her story was so compelling, I wanted to share it with everybody. Here's what I don't want to do, and I know, and I'm talking to her Um, and she feels the same way what we're not. So this is going to be a story of her on what happened to her after she got the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, it did not go well for her and her story of how she's overcoming that is awesome. That's the reason we're bringing her on. So, um, what I don't want to, I want to dispel anything to where, you know, because we, we, it's so tribal now, right? right? It's like, right. are you on the right or are you on the left? Are you vaccine or anti-vaccine? Right. It's like, you, there's no middle ground, right? right? Okay. We're middle ground. Yeah. This is about this person. Her name is Kate Endress. She's phenomenal. It's about her and it's about what she's doing to overcome her circumstances 
and this hand that life has dealt her that is going to inspire people. And you are going to want to listen to this. Um, I'm going to bring her on in about 30 seconds. But uh, here's what I will say. People will be empowered. People will be encouraged. Because the one thing about Level Up is we tend to talk to guests after they've come out on the other side. Right. Bruce Arians, after he's won the Super Bowl. Ryan Murphy, after he's won the gold medals. And then they go back and they talk about the journey it took to get there. Well, today, Kate, she's going through the journey. Is she going to come out on the other side? Yes. Is she going to walk again? Yes. But she's in the middle of it, the thick of it. So I'm so honored to have her on, to have her be vulnerable and share where she's at right now. So let's officially welcome Eli, Kate Endress. How are you? I'm having a good day and I am so grateful to be here and I'm so grateful for you, Matt, and your listeners too, who want to just hear my story of what I'm going through. Like you said, without really an agenda, just this is my life right now. I'm literally in the middle of it. I And, and to address the vaccine, because, you know, just to give a background, um, you are a beauty queen. That is your background, like for real, like it's a real beauty queen. She's gonna, we're going to talk about that story. Um, Miss America, all that stuff. We're going to talk about all that. And uh, you took the COVID vaccine, and, and since then, life has never been the same, and we're going to talk about that as well. But um, I hate, like I, I we said, you know, people, like, you know, in different sides of camp, and right. are you pro, or are you not, or are you this and that? Like, we're going to tell her story, and we're going to walk this thing out. So going back, to, first of all, are you in San Diego right now? I'm in a small town, Ramona, which is just like 30 minutes outside of Maine, San Diego. And is that where you were born and raised? No, I am from Portland, Oregon. Um, I came down for my job with an airline as a flight attendant. I came down to San Diego about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in my early 30s. I'd be a homeowner, and I found a beautiful little community where I could afford. Um, it's in the mountains, and it's truly, it's like kind of actually magical living here, looking outside, and you just see like, almost like a fairy tale scene, like birds are chirping. It's unlike really a lot of places that I've ever been. It sounds fantastic. See, you've been able to do something I can't do. You actually found a place in California that you can afford. I wasn't able to do that. And that's why I left. (laughs) It's getting harder and harder, but Ramona is enchanting. um, And I'm so glad I found it. I think this is somewhere I'm going to be for a long time. That's fantastic. So you've, your, your past is a flight attendant. So, you know, you've been basically everywhere in America, probably the world. And then like, did you fly into San Diego one time? You're like, wow, I really like it here. And that's why you decided to stay. (laughs) Well, um, not quite. I, um, you know, being a flight attendant, you have a lot of benefits and you can, like you said, pretty much travel anywhere. So many flight attendants do commute. A friend of mine, a very good friend was born and raised from San Diego. And I just sort of needed a refresh in my life. I think we've all kind of been there where you're like, this isn't working. So I'm going to find what does. Mm -hmm. And she just sort of said on a whim, like, have you ever thought about moving to San Diego? And the stars aligned. Um, I just, I moved right over. I was commuting for a little while, um, but just decided to stay here, met the love of my life. Uh, We started setting roots and Life, that's just how life happens. And he's your boyfriend now. You know, you and I talked a little before. You've been together for four years now, right? Yes. So did you meet him? You met him in San Diego when you were there? And was it like instant love? Like, or was it over time? Like he won you over? Or were you pursuing him at first? Or like, what's the story? 
You know, truthfully, Matt, that could be an entire podcast in its own. <laughs> Let's go. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, I already was living here. I met him, had an amazing date. And uh, it, it, from like that date on, it was like, okay, we're together. Um, and, and it's, yeah, it's like no looking back. We are a team. We go through everything together. And I don't know if you want to talk about it later, but it's been really hard on him too, because of our teamwork we had before I was injured. Um, you know, all, all of a sudden he has to do everything. He has to carry my load and his, it's been almost three months. Um, it, it's tough on him, but we just are relearning what I can do to help. And he's relearning what, you know, what more he can do. So it's just a finesse, like all couples, it's a finesse. Okay, we're definitely going to talk about him. And I hate when I'm listening to an interview and they dodge, like, the purple elephant in the room, like, you know, what we're going to talk about. So I don't want to do that. But before we get to that, I do want to ask real quick your background. Because I mentioned, like, the beauty pageant, the beauty queen intro. Tell me about that real quick, and then we will get to where you're at right now. So tell me your background. Were you Miss America? Were you Miss Oregon? Did you just grow up in pageants? Like, what? Tell me about that. Yes. Um, I was not Miss America. I competed in the Miss America organization uh, at the local level. Three times I was a local title holder, including Miss Portland. Um, and then when I went to state, I was a finalist twice and then a semifinalist. But it, the lessons you learn along the way, you know, the pageant is one night or one week for Miss Oregon, but you have an entire year of service where you're learning how to speak. You're connecting with young kids. You're making a difference with a charity of your right. choice. Um, mine was breast cancer because my mom is a two-time survivor. Um, the Miss America organization is a sisterhood. At the time, there were 13,000 local title holders around the country. Wow. I don't know the numbers now exactly, um, especially with what's been going on. There's been a lot of changes. But it's a community. It's a family. And um, I was not Miss America. I was part of the organization. And how I refer to myself now, Matt, is retired. Retired. I'm retired, a retired beauty queen. So there you but go. You wouldn't trade it for the world, right? Because there's so many good things like from the outside looking in, you know, especially guys are like, dude, it's a bunch of freaking hot chicks. But like there's, you know, real like substance, like you said, the charity work and they teach you how to be a better public speaker and stuff, right? Like there's so many good tools. There's so many good tools. There's so many scholarships involved. It was, and again, I have not checked the latest stats, but at the time, this is about 10 years ago, it was the largest scholarship provider for women in the world. And I myself received almost $20,000, never even winning Miss Oregon. That was big for me for my college education. And there's essay writing competitions. There's community service awards, which I won twice at the state level. There's a, a, a national community service award. It's the beauty part is that's kind of what they say is your beauty will maybe get the door open. But once you walk up to that podium, you better have something to say. Amen to that. I can't relate. My beauty never really opened the door for me. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> that's not all right so let's talk about you right now because and i wanted to establish that foundation because it sounds fantastic um obviously that um like you said you know your beauty got you in the door um you everything was normal great flight attendant beauty queen scholarships walking um so many things that we take for granted and then Let's get to it. What happened? How did you end up where you're at right now? And where are you? I was the happiest I've ever been in my life. My parents were here visiting from Portland. Um, my partner, boyfriend, uh, we had some plans for the future going and I just physically felt joy. And as you get to know me, you'll see that I'm still a joyful person, but I just have to set the pretense that like 
everything was going so well and kind of on a whim um, with the airline job. And then I also work in real estate, um, thinking about being in people's homes. Uh, it, it just felt like the right thing to do um, to just get the vaccine. It, it's not that anyone was saying like, you're going to lose your job over this or, you know, I, I won't be your friend, but there, there was in my, just for me, I can only speak for myself. I felt social pressure um, to just get the vaccine. And I also felt like, well, I have a lot of reasons I don't want to get it, but I also have a lot of reasons that I do. So neither side at the time for me was speaking to my heart of do it or not do it. And so sort of on a whim, um, my dad and I went to Albertsons and they had the vaccine and I said, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get the vaccine. So I got it. Um, it was the day after my birthday. It was my birthday present to myself. Happy 33. And 12 hours later, everything changed. We were out for birthday dinner. Oh, sorry. We were out for birthday dinner. Um, and while I was sitting there, I whispered to Felix and I just said, um, like my legs feel really heavy. Like my legs, I, I feel like something is, is squishing me. Um, but I didn't want to ruin the birthday dinner. Um, I ended up when it was time to leave, you know, they ordered dessert and I'm like, you know, just praying, like get that butter cake here now, because I was in a lot of pain. Um, but thinking it's just the vaccine, like this is what happens. Right. So I ended up needing help walking to the car. We lived an hour away from the restaurant on the drive home. I just started to cry and it, it felt like crushing pain in my legs. I needed help into bed. It's the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And it, it might sound silly, but I, the only thing I could say was I feel like a boulder is on top of my legs. I can't move. It hurts so much. And I actually ended up passing out from the pain, that black tunnel when you're pulling backwards and it was not falling asleep. It was not, not a restful. I'm going to sleep this off. I passed out. And, and this is about 12 hours from when you took that shot. And just to be clear, it was the single shot Johnson and Johnson shot, right? That's correct. Okay. Um, I, I did want to clear that up because I know a lot of people are like, well, which one was it? Which one was it? Right. Like, everyone does that. And then, yeah, I'll go there later. I'm, I'm really consciously trying to intently not get tribal or political. I'm going to be a good boy. You're doing pretty good. I'm, stay with me. Okay, so, Kate, what happened next? The next morning I woke up, and it was very hard for me to move my legs at all, and it terrified me. Um, being a physical person, you know, former athlete, dancer, cheerleader, when I was younger, um, we were doing some construction on a bathroom in our house. Like I know my body very well and it just was really hard for me to move my legs and it terrified me and I couldn't speak. And I ended up saying to my family, like, you know, they were like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And all I could say was, this isn't normal. And my mom said, take her to the emergency room. So Felix, my love, um, I've actually never really used my insurance for a long time. I haven't had health problems, mm -hmm. uh, before, and I take my, for me, so, you know, supplements and whatever, but, um, I, he, he said, where, <laughs> and I said, I don't, I don't know. And I pulled up the, uh, the insurance app and I just looked, I mean, I don't remember how I figured it out, but I picked an urgent care that was close to our house. So we went and what the result was, was they said, um, this is normal. I had a shooting pain behind my knee down, um, in my, in my leg. And they said, this is normal. And they prescribed Xanax and they sent me home. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You passed out from pain. You can't, am I, am I, cause I don't want to, uh, project anything. I'm just want to tell you the truth. You couldn't move your legs or it hurt to move your legs. 
it hurt to move my legs. I was able to, um, kind of shuffle. Um, but yeah, I was able to, to walk through those doors essentially. Um, I, yeah, I was, I was able to walk and I didn't actually lose the ability to walk for 20 days from the time the shot occurred. It was a a progression, but the first day, if, if that's what you're asking is, um, you know, about 24 hours later, if you will, uh, they said normal. Um, they checked my blood for, for clots because my age group were susceptible, I guess, to clots is what they told me. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, you have no clotting markers in your blood. Um, so there's Xanax and go home. That was the first out of many trips to the hospital. It just blows my mind. It's like, my legs are hurting. Okay, here, take a Xanax. Like Xanax is anti-anxiety. I have pain in my legs. It just, I, I don't know. There's like no sense to me. I'm not trying to project. So then what happened? So, um, you know, I trusted the doctor when she said, you know, these are the normal side effects of the vaccine. Um, it'll clear up. I told him about my uh, extreme fever of 104 the night before they said that's, that's high, but you know, they checked my temperature. It was fine then. And, uh, two days later, it was getting worse. It was a sharp pain behind my knee Mm. and a new symptom developed of numbness in two toes. And that numbness was starting to move up my foot. And then what do you go back and do they say, Oh no, that's normal still. Like, when is it like, what happened? Um, I can just shoot you straight, Matt. It never became something that the doctors told me was not normal. I heard that this is normal through today. Are they still saying that today? Are they still telling you it's normal? There's, they're still telling me, and I have it all on my charts, that these are side effects of the vaccine. That's what they're still telling me. Almost three months later. Like, I'm sorry, side effects, or like, don't worry about it, side effects? Um, I just saw a neuroimmunologist a couple of days ago, and she said from my neuro exam that she believes that the damage is not permanent. That I will walk again. And she wants to do a couple more tests to see if my brain is communicating with my spinal cord, but that's way ahead. So I don't want to jumble the timeline. If, if you want to do timeline. Yeah, no, let's keep going down the timeline for sure. Yeah. Um, it does get a little hazy, but I write my symptom down symptoms down every day. Um, but after that, I went, uh, back to the, the urgent care when the numbness in my toes and moving up my leg. And the doctor said, this is serious. You need to go to the emergency room now. So I went to the emergency room immediately. He said, you need an MRI because we need to see if this is sciatica or if this is Guillain-Barre, you need to go now. So Felix drove me immediately to the emergency room. The doctor there did an ultrasound on my leg to see if I had a clot. Um, it was clear, negative, actually said I was very healthy um, and decided not to do the MRI on my spine, uh, decided to diagnose me with sciatica without any imaging to confirm and prescribe me steroids and sent me home. And at this they're in and out of the ER. That's how bad the walking was that day. So you're walking at this point, but in extreme pain. Like, it's not like, okay, I went to the ER. They said there's no calling. I'm better. Let's go to Target. It's like, take me home. Oh, no. Yeah, take me oh, home. No. Let's go to bed. I can't move, right? Yeah. Unbelievable. So what happened after that? I went to urgent care yet again because there was an amazing doctor who I met at second urgent care. And he left a message and he said, look, I want you to get better. Call me back at urgent care. I'm here for these hours. And I did. And I think if I didn't have that doctor, 
um, he changed my care in a good way because he ended up saying, let me call you back. He called me back 10 minutes later and he said, I can get you into an MRI today, but you have to come now. So I went and he got me into that MRI. What the MRI show? Nothing. Which is, it's good, right? Cause you don't want it to be nothing, right? Right. It was, yeah, it, it showed nothing. And actually speaking with a support group of fellow vaccine injured people, um, quite a few of these MRI scans, the EMGs, a lot of these diagnose, diagnostic tools do come back negative, but all of us are sort of like, but why can't I walk? Why can't I feel temperatures? Why do I need help, you know, in the bathroom? So why do I have to get a diaper? What's the this answer? Isn't normal. What's the answer? They don't know side effects. It's too new. This vaccine, we have no way of testing. When I ended up being admitted to the hospital for 10 days, I asked, is it the vaccine? And they said, there is no test to see if it's the vaccine. And there probably never will be. We just have to go with our best guess. But (laughs) common sense would say, it's like, no one wants to admit what's going on, Eli. Like, why? That's the frustrating part for me. Yep. Why can't we just say the truth? Right. It's so frustrating. Like, go ahead. I do have some encouragement for you there is um, I do have over 100 pages of medical documents saying complications of the COVID vaccine. Okay. And I ended up having a lumbar puncture, which added more complications to my ability to walk. And that's in there. So being someone who's literally in it with my name on the medical records, I can tell you that doctors are acknowledging that these are side effects. Even if it doesn't feel that way, my paperwork says otherwise. Good. That's good. And then I'll refrain because it's like <laughs> what we see, we don't acknowledge, but she's on the actual front lines hearing from the doctors, which is very, very encouraging. Uh, address the lumbar puncture real quick. What is that? What happened? Um, my mom flew down because, um, doctors were suspecting I had Guillain-Barre, which is very serious. If you don't know what Guillain-Barre is, you know, giving you a non-doctor explanation, it's, um, paralysis moving up your body Mm -hmm. until it reaches your diaphragm and then paralyzes your diaphragm and you, you die. Mm -hmm. Um, and it can happen within hours and days. So, um, the severity of me getting into the hospital as the numbness was moving up my leg, it became like, mom, you need to come now. And because of my flight benefits, I'm so thankful for, I called her at 1 PM and she was on the four o'clock flight. I mean, I know normal people could just buy the ticket, but she packed her bag. She came to the airport. Here she was. Um, and I just want to go on the record that the airline I work for, I don't know if they want me to say or not. So maybe I just won't say, but they've been incredibly supportive of me incredibly supportive. So, you know, there's no like, un, you know, lack of gratitude there. My company has stood by me. That's great. That's encouraging. So my mom came down. Yeah. My mom came down and the doctor at the, at the uh, urgent care, who was the one who was like, you need to go now. I said, can I wait for my mom? Because I can't, you know, I can't do this alone. Not that I don't have Felix, but you know, we have a whole life here. He has children, you know, he can't drop everything for this. So um, even though we wanted to, it just wasn't possible. So uh, he said, no, you can't wait for your mother. You need to go now. But I didn't listen. And I, we went and got her and uh, my mom and I went the very next day so she could drive. And then, so like, was that detrimental to anything? Was that a bad decision or is it okay? 
No, it was okay. Um, it was all right. Uh, and because you asked about the lumbar puncture, they ended up doing uh, four more MRIs. Uh, it was two sections of my spine, but with contrast and without, and it's, uh, you know, it's about two and a half hours in that MRI machine and mm-hmm. it's very loud. And, you know, the injection pass is hot, um, made me feel nauseous and you're just trapped in the tube. So I had the MRIs. They said, they're fine. You're healthy. Um, and the ER doctor decided to do a, what's called a, a lumbar puncture where they put a needle in the, basically the middle of your back, um, and d- withdraw fluid. And he actually took two samples from me to send to the lab. And then how did that come back? They checked for the exotics, West Nile things. And they said, um, it's fine. They said, you're healthy. So then what? Cause I mean, I'm sitting here you know, staring at you, like, I don't know, for, for people that can, for people who are just listening on, on Spotify or Applecast, they can't see you. You are sitting in a wheelchair right now, correct? Yes. Okay. And so they're telling you you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, but it obviously ends up getting worse if you're in a wheelchair right now, right? What happened? I just kept declining. Uh, they didn't know, you know, they said, we don't know. And uh, I, I personally believe there were some complications about the lumbar and that's what the doctors at the, at the, um, at the hospital when I was admitted said as well, I started having those headaches. They start in your occipital area and they crawl up your head and they crawl onto your eyes and it's just excruciating pain. It's called a post-lumbar headache and it's positional. So when you sit up, that's when you, you try to stand, that's when you feel it. And that really set me back in my ability to walk because when you don't move your legs or you don't stand, all those core muscles atrophy, your legs, everything. And so being essentially bedridden after that lumbar puncture, um, I lost a lot of muscle mass. Um, But what happened? He did the lumbar puncture. He said I was healthy. I continued to get worse until the point when I hit rock bottom. And when I hit rock bottom, I was in pain from my head, you know, from the post-lumbar headache standing and sitting was almost impossible. And I woke up in the morning and I, I, you know, I got up like any normal person. I got my legs slowly, slowly onto the floor and I stood up and I melted. I couldn't put any weight on my legs. I just melted to the floor. Unbelievable. So you, so that's when you were, what can I say? Paralyzed from the waist down. Is that correct or no? It's what the doctors called it was paresthesia because I could still move some right. um, and I could walk and I'm doing those like quotes. I could walk with, you know, extreme assistance, but it wasn't like totally limp, no legs. I could still feel the shooting pain. I could still tell that it was burning and numb up my leg. Um, and I could still kind of wiggle some, and I have all sorts of videos. We, we're told early on, you know, document everything because, you know, one for me, but two, that way, when doctors ask questions, um, I can literally show them, you know, if they say, you know, can you manipulate your foot this way or that? I can say, well, this is what I could do here. And I still hope to be able to find someone who can review my case and say, it's, um, yeah, I could move my feet some and my legs, but it was with great effort and pain. And you document a lot of it for those of you uh, who want to see, and I would encourage you to follow her it, it, on Instagram. It's unbreakable underscore Kate, K A I T unbreakable underscore Kate. Cause I've watched your videos um, and you got some pretty big celebrities following you too. You got, uh, you got um, uh, Tito Ortiz following you, a handful of other people like you're, 
inspiring some people and they're they're watching you are did, is a lot of stuff documented on there yes um i don't know if this is like the right direction you want to go in but speaking of inspiring um i started to um get kind of down on myself with everything going on you know it's really easy to go backwards into the why can't eyes um, and the physical therapist in the hospital had said, like, you can't do that. You can't say, why can't I carry, you know, a lunch for my mother? Or why can't I stand at the refrigerator and move things around? You can't do that. You have to see, well, this is where I am now. Otherwise, you're just going to fall into a hole of depression. But um, I was feeling like not really up to sharing a whole lot anymore. And I got a phone call from Dr. Matt. Um, and he said that a young lady had reached out to him and she was considering ending her life. And she saw my videos and she felt like it was worth the fight. And that young lady, I don't know her name. I don't know her circumstances. That's her privacy. But knowing her story told me, you know, Kate, like you're getting tired and you're getting frustrated, but you have to pull it out because you never know who's listening and you never know who just needs to hear your voice. Um, and whoever she is, I don't know if she'll ever find this podcast. I hope she does. Um, I just want her to know that she has in turn inspired me. That is the definition of iron sharpening iron yep. right there, bro. Tell us about that. Cause I think, I mean, for me, that's what this podcast is all about. It's about leveling up. It's about overcoming. Can you share, you know, like mentally, the darkest moments in the hospital when you wanted to give up? Did you want to give up? Did you think you were going to die? And then of course, bring me to the other side of how you're getting out of that and how you overcome that. Yes. Um, because, and I, like anyone would through a trauma, you like really hate to go there, but this is the platform where I should go there because of the inspiration point. And I'm sure that there are people listening who are maybe at that point. Um, so gosh, in the hospital, you know, day after day, and they wake you up and you have to do all these neurological tests and a neuro neurological test. If you haven't had one before, at least the ones they were doing for me, isn't like needles or, I mean, they did do the needles, but the point is they wake you up and they're like, touch your nose to my, my finger, you know, move your eyes up and down, show me your tongue. Um, you know, can you feel this on your face? Can you feel this on your arms? Does it feel the same? You know, it's, it's not anything hard, but, um, when you get to something that you can't do, it's terrifying. And when they were saying, move your feet, um, if you're watching move, you know, move your feet, like on a gas pedal and a brake pedal. Mm -hmm. And I could barely, barely do it with my left and my right. I couldn't do it. And what defeated me actually it was hard to see that I couldn't do it. But later on when I could see their notes of them writing, Oh, five out of five, she can do it. That's when I felt my lowest of like, why are my charts saying that I'm achieving all these things, you know, and I'm not a neurologist. So probably some neurologist is like, well, you know, you met the guidelines or whatever. Like I'm not challenging the neurologist. I'm kind of challenging the guidelines of like, if you can barely move one toe and that's five out of five dexterity, how is that the measure? And so I started to kind of lose faith in the whole system of laying here. You know, they had me do some really unusual things. Like for the post-lumbar headache, they said one anesthesiologist came in and said, I don't think you should do the blood patch. And a blood patch is essentially taking blood out of your arm and then injecting it into your back to try and close that leak. Um, and, you know, I, again, like this is just what I heard and what happened to me. So I'm not like giving medical advice here, but this is what they said. And, um, 
so I did not do the blood patch and I wasn't getting better. So he said, all right, let's give you two rock stars, rock star energy drinks. Oh my God. Because the reasoning was caffeine helps your brain stimulate more cerebral spinal fluid. And that will help because my brain wasn't floating in my head. Right. And that's what hurts so much. That's the excruciating pain is your brain isn't floating in that little, I mean, this is what they said to me. So I did it. Uh, my mom, I couldn't, um, use the bathroom on my own at the time. And so my mom was helping me get on the toilet and I just started convulsing because why? just shaking and it scared me. You know, I started thinking, am I having a seizure? Um, I, but I want to say I, my light got very dim, but it never went out. And there were times laying in that bed. That was one of the times when I'm convulsing and I'm thinking, what is happening? What is happening? Is this my life now? There was that little, little tiny flame of like, your flame's not out yet. You're just keep going, you know? And now as I'm relearning to walk, there are, there are more times where right now I'm working on going up a hill with a walker. I'm staring at the concrete and I'm literally wondering, I'm like at a, I don't know what kind of angle, but like, I feel like my face is so close to the concrete and my arms are stretched out holding on the walker. And I'm just thinking, just, you know, drag that foot, drag that leg, pull it up. And it's moving, you know, at a snail speed, but it's moving. So, um, my light has never gone out. Uh, even when it's hard, I just think, you know, if I can do an inch, I can do another inch. I can do a foot. I can starts with that little movement. Um, another, another, you know, really hard time was when, and I don't mean to, you know, be, uh, uncomfortable or graphic, but I became incontinent. And at first it was, I had no urgency to use the bathroom. My stomach would distend huge. I could hold it for 12, 14, 16 hours. I had no urgency to go, but I'd start having these cramps and my stomach was huge. I'd have to have help to get on the bedside commode. And, and I would go and it would be more than a liter and they'd say, Oh, you know, wow, that's a lot. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm like drinking 150 ounces of water a day. And so we, real quick, real quick, <laughs> I was going to say real quick, when you say they, is it, they, are you still in the hospital? Because when you and I talked on the phone, you said you also went to a nursing home. Where, yeah. where are um, we in, right now? Sorry, go ahead. What, what part of, are we in the hospital or the nursing home? The hospital um, and the nursing home. Then I was released from the nursing home because they were unable to care for me. Um, the level of care I needed, they couldn't accommodate. And then when I could no longer hold it, it would just start coming was at home. So, you know, then you're like sitting on chucks and my mom is constantly next to me because I'd have about 20 seconds of notice. And I'd say, we have to go to the bathroom now, you know, and we would just rush with the wheelchair and get the commode and, there's been some really hard times, um, some really embarrassing times, yeah. but this is what it is. And if just keep going, you know, what type of life is that to just say, forget it. You know, if I just said, forget it, I would still be sitting on a bedside commode somewhere, maybe in a nursing home, but just making the choice to do it. Even if the do it is, you know, moving my toe, right. I'm going to move my toe right now. Because that's going to wake up my nerves. It's so hard to have that mindset too. Because I mean, there's there's people going through stuff and they just have no motivation. Like you know, let's just take something simple. You know, losing weight. Everyone wants to lose weight, and they 
think about it, dream about it, watch it on social media, and they get inspired, but they don't actually do anything. Like, get up, walk a block today. Walk one, you know, walk one lap around the track. And right. then progress from there. So to hear her say, like, I'm going to move my toe today. It sounds like a small thing, but it's something. Right. Right? Um, tell me, so real quick, going back to, like, the, the rock star energy drink thing threw me through a loop. And then the giving you a five out of five when you couldn't move your foot threw me through a loop. What I don't want to do is I don't want to bash doctors because I honor doctors and thank God for good doctors. But what I also don't want to do is sweep it under the rug and pretend like everything's okay. I want to get to the truth. Why did they put five out of five? Did you ask them about that? And why do they? Yeah, let's stay there real quick. Why the five out of five? I never asked about the five out of five. I probably should have, but I had a lot on my mind. And um, really, I am now so careful of my mindset and what I allow in. And I saw five out of five so consistently by so many doctors that, like you said, I didn't want to, I don't want a doctor bash. That's when I started to realize, you know, this isn't a doctor problem. This is probably a policy and procedure problem, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I just, you know, I just kind of had to let it go um, because someone told me a long time ago, where's the most valuable real estate in the whole world? And I, you know, I start saying LA or Hawaii. No, it's the real estate in your mind. Mm. And you have got to be so careful who you allow to rent, buy, lease, whatever. And I have become so aware of who I allow in my life and what I allow in my life. And even though I'm literally in the thick of it right now, I don't really allow the past, the story I just shared with you, I don't really allow that in anymore. It happened. It's not to sweep it under the rug, but it happened. We are in it now. There are no take backsies. There are no redos. You know, I'm not thinking about, oh, do I wish I didn't have it? I'm not thinking about why me. I am in it now. So what am I going to do about it? And I am not going to allow all of that to take up my mind space because I have much more important healing to do and much more, many more important people who will inspire me and who I need to reach. So there's just no room for that. Amen. I want to freaking jump through the screen right now and hug you and say, let's go sister. (laughs) That was awesome. Or that is awesome. So where are you right now? Where is your mindset and how are you doing? I am doing so well. Um, I am partially wheelchair, partially walker. And only a couple days ago was my first day of walker only out in the world. Um, I have an amazing physical therapist. He comes to my house three times a week. He is honest with me when I said, look, can I start driving? Because I went to the ophthalmologist. I went to the neurologist. There's nothing wrong with my eyes. I should be able to drive. And he's just, he shot me straight. And he said, you can't move your foot fast enough. So that's the next goal. Let's let's move our foot faster so we can drive, right? Exactly. So now that is where I'm setting my intentions. Um, I also have a hyperbaric chamber in my home, thanks to Dr. Matt and the people who he has in his community to bring it to my house. Um, these things are $25,000 to buy. We are renting it right now. Um, I get in that chamber for 90 minutes a day at least. And do you know what I do in there? Like you said, I started with a toe. Now I move my feet around because I want to be able to drive. I listen to like disco music, pop music, and I visualize actually country music too. There we go. And I 
<laughs> I visualize myself dancing. I love it. I start to move my feet as if I would be dancing. I think about how it would feel in my back and my hips to move side to side. I am in deep, you know, not like breathing meditation, although I probably should be. I am in deep meditation of how it would look, feel, and imagine to be dancing. That is where I am right now. I love it because as, as a man thinketh, so is he. And, you know, God gave us a pretty powerful imagination and, he will give you the desires of your heart. Let me ask you this. So like, are you a woman of faith? Because you're dropping names like Dr. Matt, uh, who's <laughs> unbelievable man of faith. Just, I'm just so blessed to know him, met him through Rex Crane. Um, are you a woman of faith? What has God done for you? God is everything for me. God is healing me. God is bringing me to the right people. When I don't know where to go, I get very quiet and I don't pray for, okay, if I'm honest, I do pray. God, have my legs work today. Right. <laughs> but the bigger prayer isn't, you know, God, here's my list of things I want. The bigger prayer is, what will you have me do today? Yep. What is your purpose for me to fulfill today, today and help me to know what it is so that I can do it? And sometimes, like yesterday, I was in a lot of back pain yesterday. It was hard for me to move around, you know, and I thought, okay, my mission today isn't all of that. Right. <laughs> what God wants for me today is to rest. Um, what God wants for me today is to speak. He has blessed me with limited back pain. He has blessed me with the ability to manage the burning in my foot and the sharp pain behind my knee right now. It's there, but someone's handling it and it doesn't need to be me. So with that being said, like at what point would you say that you really let go and let God, as they say? There was a moment, um, basically when I got released from the nursing home and came home, it was like chaos. It was like, how are we going to make this house handicap accessible? How, how is this all going to go? And it, it was literally like our hair was on fire. We had no idea what to do. Um, and I started uh, Mary Chaparro, who I work with on the real estate team. She directed me to see a, a well-known acupuncturist, Patricia Blake in Del Mar. And um, at the time it was excruciating pain, but she said, you have, we need you to be in this position so I can get the needles. This is the acupuncturist. She says, I have to, I have to get the needles in the right places. So I would do it and I would just sob. Oh, so my face wow. is in that little donut, you know, and I'm just, my whole back is tight and I'm shaking and she's putting in the needles and she's telling me to breathe and I'm starting to spin out of control. We've all been there, right? Of how am I going to you know, do this? How am I going to care for the house? How am I going to keep cleaning the toilets? How am I going to get dressed? How am I going to get better? You know, every single question I had was, how am I? Over and over and over, how am I? And I'm 33 and I've, a, you know, God is my everything, but I've never actually felt like God spoke to me, like said something. And I'm laying there and I'm shaking and my head's in the donut and I'm spinning out of control. And I literally hear in my ears, let me handle it and my whole body just calmed come on and i started to cry again <laughs> but, but for a, a good reason. cry a different cry yeah just just gratitude and patricia's like hang in there hang in there you know and i just i came and speak i just i just felt it through my whole body my whole body relaxed let me handle it and i have never asked again how am i never how long ago I don't was that Oh, this was like mid-July. So mid-July, so we're about a month and a half from there. Has God handled it for you? 
yeah, I can get dressed by myself now. I can get on the toilet by myself. I still need help to get into the shower. I still need some help sometimes um, with the walker and the wheelchair. I need help to get downstairs. But you know what? Just my independence, even in my mind, is so much better. I can get out of bed. I can go put my hot pack in the microwave myself. I can make my own water juices. You know, my independence is really increased. And anytime, you know, that kind of starts to creep up again of, well, how am I going to reach that? I just suddenly something appears, right? Suddenly I realize I didn't need the peanut butter. There's one right here that's already open. Just anything, but the let me handle it has given me utter and complete peace. I love that men- mentality. It's I'm going through this battle, but it's almost like I don't have to fight this battle because the battle belongs to the Lord, right? Absolutely. And in the beginning, I did feel defeated. I, you can see that, well, if you're watching, you can see I have this lovely 80s fireplace behind me and it's the <laughs> view from where I wake up. And it, <laughs> there's bird tiles. <laughs> there's some really good things happening. Um, but I would lay there when my, when I was in the decline mode and I would wake up and the first thing I would see was this fireplace. And then I would look at my foot and I'd say, okay, foot, what is it going to be today? And it was getting worse at the time, but just staring at it, even early on, I would visualize, okay, that foot's not great right now, but let's see where the day takes me. You know, losing hope and losing faith is a sure way to get worse. And I don't mean to be uh, direct, but in this life, if you won't help yourself, no one's going to help you. If you don't say the words, I need help or direct someone, can you please reach this for me? Because I can't get it. No one knows your mind and you're just going to sit there. People say advocate for yourself. And, you know, I actually really hate to hear that because it feels like why? Why do I have to be the one to ask the five out of five question? Why do I have to be the one pushing to get into doctors. I have a good friend of mine, my dentist's wife, who's become my friend. She was calling every day to get me into this neuroimmunologist. Do you have a cancellation? Can you fit her in? Every day, it still took a month. It was supposed to take five months for me to get in to see this doctor. You know, it's true you have to advocate for yourself, but I don't like that phrase because it it makes me feel alone. Advocating for yourself, like in your mind, is more of where I go. No one can move my toe. And you were talking about weight loss. Nobody can, can, can run for you. Right. You have to advocate for yourself, like on a deeper level for yourself. You, you've got to have hope for yourself. Amen. I, and I, I think it's so interesting, Eli, we talked about it before. It's like God didn't tell Noah to pray for an ark. He gave him the idea. He gave him the revelation. You're going to have to go build an ark. Right. It was Noah's choice to build the ark or not. God didn't do it for him. It, that could read differently if Noah chose to not listen to the voice of God and right. not build the ark. Right. You know what I mean? Like in, in Kate's situation, like she's got a choice. There probably are. And I do want to talk about them, Kate, because you do talk to a lot of other people that are called COVID vaccine injuries. There are a lot of people who aren't of your mindset. And that are probably going to change some things now because they are listening to you, and which is phenomenal. Tell me about that. You said there are others, right? And are they just Johnson and Johnson vaxxers, or is it other people? And I ask that question because it's a genuine, like, curiosity. I want to know question. Yeah, um, if I understood, you know, reading um, some of the statistics online, less people 
it seems tend to be getting the Johnson Johnson and more people, you know, the FDA recently approved Pfizer. Um, it, it seems as though just nationally, less people are getting Johnson and Johnson. So, you know, unsurprisingly, I'm connecting with less people who are hurt by Johnson and Johnson. Um, it's all of, you know, all three of the big, the big names, um, as well as AstraZeneca, because in my support group, I'm part of, I didn't start it, but I'm part of it. Um, there's a lot of people from the UK, uh, suffering as well. And we have a support group. There's almost a hundred of us now there's people being added all the time. There's huge platforms on Facebook, the no more silence. Um, there's another one too. The name's escaping my mind, but this, this small group are people who we are communicating with each other about our symptoms. What helped, you know, a lot of us are doing the hyperbaric chamber treatments. A lot of us are doing the ozone therapy. A lot are doing the vitamin IVs, you know, those can cost 15,000 or more. Um, the treatments are, are expensive and we share in the knowledge. Um, but there are hundreds or thousands of us, not a lot of us who are, who are vocal and I'd be happy to send you Matt. There's a list of actually they're all women. They just happen to be, um, who I communicate with daily Mm. and they are vocal. Their Instagrams are active. They are posting, they're sharing, they're advocating for changes, um, in the structure of help for us all. Um, there's a lot of us. Uh, and actually, if you're curious and you want to find more of us, the hashtag to use is hashtag real, not rare. Obviously one word, real, not rare. Because uh, if you say vaccine, if you say Johnson and Johnson, if you say vaccine injury, um, there's a fear with all of us that will be shut down. And I've not yet been shut down, but I also been very careful about my hashtags, what I say. Um, I started sending a letter to Johnson and Johnson every week. This was the first week um, because they call me, their legal team has called me, their health and safety team has called me and they sent me an encrypted email saying, we need more information. You know, I've already, (laughs) it's like, you already have all my, all my charts. And it also said in this letter that um, they can bypass HIPAA and see everything. Well, fine. Take a look. I already sent it to you. You know, I have nothing to hide. And through this, I, I have stuck to the phrase that the truth shall set you free. And this is my truth. And I didn't tell anybody for a whole month. Nobody knew I was suffering. Maybe because why? five people. Just because you wanted to get your mind right and just take care of it? Or you were afraid? Or like, why? Uh, I was in denial. And I didn't want to alienate people. Because, you know, in life, we have a record, right? And we know the song and we know the music. And so when something happens, it goes, on your record, it's uncomfortable. It's scary. You have to snap your neck up and say, Oh, what happened? I have to go reset that record now. And I didn't, I wasn't in a position early on to say this story matters. Reset that record. This story matters. Er, Listen up because I just thought it was the the normal side effects. This will clear, this will pass. I was two week leaves from work. That's how genuinely I believed that this was just going to clear up. I went on a medical leave and I said, oh, just two weeks. I'll be back to flying full time in two weeks. And then it was another two weeks. And it was like, well, maybe we should do a month. And now I'm on a three month leave, you know, so that I can heal. Um, But I I didn't speak up at first because I didn't want to scare people. And it just wasn't the time. And if it was just going to resolve in, you know, a couple of weeks, while it does matter, you know, let's not snap people out of their lives for just, you know, for me for a couple of weeks. But this is serious. And this is real, not rare. I can't walk on my own. I have to have my mother live with us full time. I have my partner who's not even working because we have to take care of the house and the kids and everything, you know. 
how helpful has the people been that God has brought across your path? They've been everything. Um, Dr. Matt invited me to his church. I connected with a woman there who was told at 35 years old that she had MS and that within five years she'd be in a wheelchair. She had four little kids. I saw her with her teenage son standing next to her. And she said, I have no symptoms of MS. I'm totally healed. I'm totally fine. You know, so she's been an inspiration. The other people I met at Awaken Church have been a blessing to me. Um, Even my doctors are a blessing to me because they are trying to figure it out. And they gave me on my paperwork, the validation of the vaccine. And I'm grateful for that. God has helped, you know, the house keep running. We had to change out our floor. Um, the insurance said that my house wasn't handicap accessible. So I either had to go back to the nursing home or make modifications to the home. And, um, you know, my company and another anonymous donor, uh, stepped in so that we could change 1400 square foot of our home. We didn't change the carpets or anything, but I had this very bumpy tile mm-hmm. where I was creating micro traumas on my back as I would wheel on it. I was never going to get better continually increasing the inflammation in my lumbar spine. I'm never going to get better that way. So we changed the floor to just a very flat vinyl. Um, God has blessed us with, you know, a contractor who could come and do it quickly. And he did a really good job. Um, the money to pay for it. Uh, we have another person who is building ramps. Um, some of the senior flight attendants have donated a motor scooter for me so that I can get down so awesome. essentially downstairs. There's a big ramp from our front door to get down to like where my hyperbaric chamber is, where my mom lives. Um, if I didn't have God, I would have nothing, but that's not just in my illness. That's in everything I've ever done. So, you know, he is my hope. He is my rock. And when things get tough, I just say, you know, back to that prayer. Okay, God, what will you have me do today? And if it's to be in pain, then fine. Because when we're in pain, we grow. And when we grow, we learn and we become better people. So if it's to be in pain and lay in bed all day with a hot pack on my back, then I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it with a smile because it has to be part of the plan. You still have those days where you're in in pain and the bad days, I guess we would say? Yesterday. My, um, my doctor said I have cognitive decline. You know, right now I feel sharp. I took my medicine. You know, I slept well last night. But some days I just have brain fog. I can't answer anything. I just stare. I have to sleep, relax, pray. Can, can you tell me about um, that? Because I'm starting to hear that word a lot more lately, brain fog. Like I've said it two, three years ago. It's like, oh, I have a foggy brain today. But not to the degree of what people are saying now. And it's on both sides. People who are recovering from covid and people who have gotten the vaccine, like, what is brain fog? I'm trying to think of something that it would relate to. But as I am lucid now, able to understand your question and give you, you know, an answer, it's like, it's, it's a, as if you said, um, not something simple like, what's your address? But maybe something more complicated, like, you know, can you explain how to... Uh, make a bed and wash the laundry and then reassemble it. It it would be like, okay, what's the first step? Um, Mm. And then you sort of keep thinking, um, okay, what's the first step? And you don't, at least this is how I experience brain fog. You don't really get past that. You just kind of are like thinking, all right, I got to make the bed. Okay. What should I do? You just can't, it's, you're not efficient for say like your brain's not popping the way it should exactly it's like i i hear you but i don't know 
So would have would yesterday have been a bad day for you to do the interview? Like, would you have canceled probably if we had it? No, I couldn't have done it yesterday. Wow. I, pain. I I asked the neuroimmunologist too. I said, but like, can you fix this? And she said, we need to do a study. You know, another study of your brain. Um, but she just said, you know, this is <laughs> this can happen, and um, you know, when it does, you just have to have to wait it out. But there's not really like a cure. And once it's on, it, it's hard to get out of it. Um, but you, yeah, I could not have done it yesterday. I had a lot of brain fog and my back. Oh, that's what I was trying to tell you is, um, she said pain as well. will make it hard for your cognition. So when you're in a lot of pain, I mean, many people live with chronic pain when you're in a lot of pain, you can't think either. You know, if all you can think about is like my back is seizing up when I have a back spasm, if somebody shot a scissor, into my back and then all my muscles cramp around it. That's what my back spasms feel like. So when I have a back spasm, I really can't think of a whole lot else. So I don't know, like it's brain fog and it's back spasms. Do you have a history of back spasm or is all of this after June 9th when you took the shot? I have no health problems before this. So, and what I want to do, and I really hope my listeners are hearing me here. Uh, what I don't want to do is I don't want to bash the vax and I don't want to, cause like I think more people that I know probably got the vax than, than haven't. So like, if I, I look at it this way, if Kate was in this position because she got in a car accident, we wouldn't sit here, be bashing cars, right? You should never drive a car again. So I, I, I don't want to come from that place, but at the same time, if, the um the bmw has a history of you know putting people in this position we would probably bring it up so that's what i'm trying to do right here like i'm just trying to address truth um so what's the truth what is like your final diagnosis like what do you have what is this what are they saying Different doctors say different things. Um, transverse myelitis comes up a lot. Um, low level Guillain-Barre has come up. Um, general neurological, rare neurological disorder um, is like basically just the label. Um, and, and there's a lot of people who have a disorder because they don't know. They just see, um, see my body and they see my weakness and what I have is I have inflammation in my lumbar spine as verified by an MRI and um, my EMG, the diagnosis says normal, but there's two nerves on there that didn't perform. So kind of like the five out of five thing for my feet, it's like, well, if two nerves don't perform, is that still normal? I don't know. I, you know, I haven't really had a doctor fully explain that one to me, but I have inflammation in my spine and a spinal cord injury. And my physical therapist is the one who really is like boots on the ground uh, caring for me and seeing my progress. And he says that the spine heals a millimeter a day. So, um, I still have some healing to do before I get better. Uh, but I am getting better and I know my mindset is a big part of it. And I know my determination to take that step and move that toe is a big part of it. And, you know, I have to just kind of accept that for whatever reason, this is God's plan for me. Who knows? Um, you know, that young lady who I was able to reach, who knows if she's going to become a mom and that kid's going to be the next president as, you know, a, a cliche, but, you know, we don't know what our effects have on people. And so I have to look that this is bigger than just me. 100%. And my mission here, 
you know, people say it's okay not to be okay. It's okay for me to be unclear. Right. I don't really know, There you go. but I'm honest. in it now and I'm trying to rehab to get better. And I'm trying to reach as many people who are hopeless and who just need that person to say, move your toe, move yeah. your toe with me. I'm moving my toe. You move your toe, you know, in yeah. your mind, we're FaceTiming, moving our toes or, you know, getting through the ending of a relationship or a move or, you know, uh, all the hard things that we all go through. You know, if I'm a beacon of light for one person, then that's, then that's the, the diagnosis and that's the purpose. And I am okay with that. I think for me, for me listening to you, one of the things I really like about you the most is I don't sense any anger, resentment, revenge in your message and what you're saying. I, I don't feel like you're using this to pass any type of judgment, political stance or any, like, I don't feel like that's your message at all. You really are bringing, like my favorite thing you've said so far is, I don't like to talk about the past. I know we did today for the sake of the show and stuff to bring you to where you're at, but I don't put that in my mind. Like that's in my rear view mirror. I'm moving forward. I love that about you. I, I do want to ask, has Johnson and Johnson reached out to you? Has anyone, I mean, did they say anything? Like, what do we know? I've spoken to them on the phone for hours and wow. calls from the safety team is a registered nurse. And then I got a call from legal maybe a month ago um, about my specific lot number. And that's all I want to say about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, they sent me an email that was encrypted for the more information. And so, um, I'm very present for them. It shows up on the caller ID is Johnson and Johnson. I answer, I talk as long as I can. One of the times I had a back spasm and I had to go <clears throat> I couldn't finish the conversation. And now I'm sending them letters once a week, asking them to help me. And however they can help me, I'll be grateful if they can send an immunologist who knows, you know, some wonder secret, I need to take zinc or something, then that's fine. If they can send me support for my losses, um, all of the new things we've had to do, that would be great. Um, you know, asking for help, sometimes you can say, you know, reach that sweater for me because I'm cold. Other times it's, you know, what do you have that you can share with me? it's, it, there's two different ways to ask for help. So the way I ask for help from Johnson Johnson is to ask, what can you do for me? And, and that's where we'll start. How have they been so far? Or is it too new to say? It's too new to say. Um, I appreciate the fact that they're reaching out, um, but there there's been no help. So, you know, I, I don't know if, if it's for show or if it's genuine, I have to believe it's genuine because my thoughts shape my future sure. and I can't live that way. Um, but I think, um, I don't know if you wanted to talk about the social media, the, the bullying and the sorts of comments, or if you want to just. Oh, snap. Yeah. What is that? What do you mean? Tell me. Well, on the note of your most precious real estate being your mind, I limit my time on social media, which can be hard because there's so many people who are reaching out to me saying, I'm having these symptoms. What do I do? And I'm not a doctor and I can't tell them. So you know, it's like heartbreaking and I'm not really all that much help except to say I'm here for you. But, you know, I'm telling you, Matt, I have hundreds of these messages. So if I were to take all my day, you know, I want to help them, but I have to be so careful about my mind space. So some of my time is spent responding to those messages. But last night I broke protocol and I went on Facebook. Let's go see some trolls. Bad idea, right? Let's go trolling. Bad idea. 
I was just gonna say, why is it a bad idea? Because I tell people all the time, like, don't pay attention to the trolls and this and that. But like, dude, let's be honest. Those are the ones we freaking read. That's the fun part. I, it, <laughs> it's me. the fun part. But like she said, dude, it yeah, is it getting in, in here. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, do, you brought it up. So I am going to ask you, Kate, well, let's talk about it. What did they say? What happened? You know, this is your question, not mine. <laughs> I want to bring it up because it's relatable because all of us are on social media. Right. So I feel like this is a way I can reach people for their own mental health of talking about it. So I broke protocol and I went on social media. And just like you said, I was like, Ooh, this looks juicy. 68 <laughs> comments. I'm going to read them all. So here I go when I could have been investing an hour of my time, maybe reading, reading the word, you know, the Bible, uh, chatting with my mom and dad, being with Felix, you know, having a sandwich. No, I wasted my time that I could have been healing and nourish, nourishing my soul on reading troll comments. What are some of the things they say? It was, um, you know, now it's the age old. That's how long this has been going on of mandate versus, you know, no right. mandate. Sure. And I just started and it was, it was just venom, you know, and I almost don't even want to say it out loud, but I, we've all read it of like, you know, if you don't get the vaccine, then you're going to kill my kids. And you know, like such, you know, you don't care about we're that we're still wearing masks because of you and, and I shouldn't have done it, but I poked the bear and this woman was going on and on about the safety of everything. And I just invited her very kindly. I said, she said, I only hear friends of friends having these symptoms. And I said, let me just invite you because you asked to take a you can make your own choice, but here it is. And I didn't look again, but apparently it created a whole new thing of trolls, but I didn't look. But the reason that I wanted to bring it up was reading their venom made me physically sick. Mm. My back started hurting. My stomach wow. started hurting. I had to go take a nap. I felt physically ill because of the mindset of other people. And I know that we're all going through this. Like you said, we say that, oh, I'm reading this, right? But as we read things, as we hear things, you're hearing my voice now. How does it make you feel? These feelings are important for our health. Mm -hmm. So reading those things. So the clarity I achieved last night after feeling sick as a dog about how upset people are about being upset is back to the truth shall set you free. People who feel differently than I do, they have information. We all have information, but all you know is all you know. Right. And maybe they haven't heard of me and maybe they've never typed in hashtag real, not rare. Maybe they don't know about all this. So I can't in turn be upset with them because they don't know. And if they do know, and they still choose that, then okay. But I don't know the intricacies of their life. I don't know if they're struggling with someone who's very hurt, you know, or maybe they're very hurt by COVID personally. But I think all I really want is acceptance that this can happen and it sure. happened to me. So I need to in turn give them acceptance that they feel this way and then shut the screen. Right. Instead of getting all mad. How could someone feel that way? How could someone think that I'm trying to hurt their family by not getting the vaccine? Like, look, maybe they don't know. Let's give them grace. They don't know, but they're going to find out. And it's not, maybe it's my job to teach them, but maybe it isn't. So the clarity that I reach from all this is it's not my job to fight with people online. My job is just to get better and to share my story. And because that job is one that is effortless for me, I feel at peace. And if you feel upset reading these comments, then that's not your purpose. 
if you love it and you love posting the stats and you love connecting the websites, look at this article, this, then knock your socks off. But if it makes you feel physically ill, then move on to what your real purpose is. Cause that's not it. Do you think though, some people get so uh, immune or accustomed to feeling that ill? Like that's who they are. That That's what they become. Mm-hmm. Like I it think, is. It- go ahead. Well, it's just, it's a lifestyle. It's a fitness. Like you said, go outside and walk a block. Okay. How about shut the screen and say a prayer? Ooh, that's a tweetable <laughs> moment, Eli. That's the one. Write it down. Shut the screen. Say a prayer. Yep. How will that make you feel? You know, pray for that person. Pray for the country. Pray for the world. What type of good energy will you have doing that instead of reading someone else's venom? And I truly do feel bad for the people who would rather bash me or other vaccine survivors rather than be with their own family, their own hobbies. You know, I don't care what your hobby is, but your hobby shouldn't be harassing others. And for that person, I pray for them. And that is my piece. Ooh, I'm saying this and I'm going to I'm going to post it on my social media today challenge for everybody how many times have you said a prayer for our president versus how many times have you posted negative stuff or had a conversation about our president right how many times have you prayed for people with any type of injuries whether it's covid or an injury from getting the vaccine versus posted about it and bashed it whether either side that you're on right How many times have you prayed for your spouse instead of had a negative thought or bashed your spouse? It's just, dude, she just dropped some nuggets here. Like, really think about it. And I learned that last week from Jenny Ray. Yep. Coming from California, I've, I've bashed California for the last five and a half years since I moved to Tennessee. Yep. And I've gotten on my high horse a little bit. Not maybe too much publicly, but I've said some stuff and tick some people off and I hadn't prayed for California that much. And I've completely changed that because I love California. I love where I came from. I love my friends and my family, but like we said, dude, and a lot of times not intentional, but we get so tribal with our cause and our beliefs that like, dude, some of my favorite pastors and preachers, I can't even follow them on Instagram anymore because all they tell me is how bad the other side is. Right. It's like, dude, I don't think Jesus would have done that. I don't think he would have rolled that way. Nope. Um, so, Kate, for you, what what is your message? What are you what are you on here for to tell people? And what are you trying to accomplish as you share your journey with what you're going through? Ooh, that's a deep question, um, and one that I'm still seeking clarity um, about. But the first would be there are people out there who are injured by this vaccine. Um, It is real, not rare. And you can find out more information. It is hard to find, but hopefully that hashtag will help you um, if you're curious. Um, And on that note, in a bigger picture, if you only surround yourself with small amount of information, then you so in a bigger picture, I'm just one little facet of this diamond, right? Of what's going on, this diamond opportunity for all of us to come together. Because that's what it is. This is an opportunity for us to work as a team. And I'm just one little piece of that. So my mission here is for you to see my piece, to hear my piece, to know, oh, there's there's probably more for me to learn here, more for me to research. You don't have to just take me as, as your new gospel. 
just take away from it that there's more here than maybe you've been exposed to because no one is a, a full expert on this. Every day there's new information. Every day there's new breakthroughs. So it's bigger than you know. It's bigger than I know. It's bigger than all of us know. So key. And the other side of the coin is really the positivity of what you allow in your mind, you will become. And like you were saying, Matt, of like, how often are you saying a prayer for somebody instead of bashing them? This is a, an opportunity for us to better ourselves and to give acceptance to others. That is what this opportunity is. It's not to tear each other apart. It's not to say shamey shame or you're wrong and I'm right. It is an opportunity to love thy neighbor. That's a huge reason why I know you're going to get better and walk again because you are living from a place of moving forward and progressing and trusting the Lord. I, this whole time I've not felt any hate or anger in your voice or in your message. And like, that's super endearing. And I want to commend you for that sister. I think it's awesome. Um, one thing I do want to encourage your you, and I know you already know this, I'm preaching to the choir, so I'm going to say it to Kate, but maybe it's for our listeners too, is when, when my wife and I went through um, the diagnosis with my son in cystic fibrosis, so many people want to give you their take. Religious people want to tell you why God allowed it to happen. Bullcrap. Uh, you know, worldly people want to give you their opinion on why things may not get better. You need, like you said, shut off the world. Let God come in and just see what God says. I know that it's God's will for Kate to walk again. I've already settled that because I saw it in the life of Jesus. Jesus, the human form, was standing in front of Kate, and he said, what do you want? And she said, I want to be what I was. I want to walk. I want to tell everyone about you. He'd say, get up and walk. Would he not? So I would just encourage you to keep going down the path you're going and because people are going to say something and the Bible says take every thought captive. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's what you are. It's, it, but it is what you, what you choose to dwell on and what you choose to act on becomes the person that you are. So I'm so honored that you came on and honored that of what you're doing and how you're approaching this. Uh, before I let you go, let me ask you this. Like, are you, do you always get made up? Are you always out and about? Like what, what's life looking like? Um, I am technically homebound, um, because I cannot drive. Uh, and it's with great effort until we get that motorized scooter. It's with great effort to get down the hill. Um, it takes a walker and a wheelchair and two people, uh, to help me get out. Um, so I'm still homebound right now. But I am grateful that I love my home. I love my family. Uh, I look forward to the future. And I know I'll be back out and about maybe a couple months. I'll be back. So I, I have nothing but good things in my future. That's truly what I believe. I have three more quick questions for you, and I'll let you go. <laughs> okay. First question to the world listening What do you need? If you were going to ask the world for something, what would it be? I know you have a GoFundMe page. If you want to talk about that, uh, from the world, not from a spiritual standpoint, because we're going to get there. I'm talking about a physical, tangible need. What do you need from people listening? 
Oh, I have a hard time asking for what I need. That is a trait I am working on. That's why, that's why I asked her. Yep. As an opportunity for growth. And I don't know yet the extent of what I need. So truly just your support, um, following me on Instagram, it probably sounds superficial, but I have more positive messaging there and we'll have the ability to communicate. Um, if you have ideas or you want to reach out to me right now, Instagram is the only platform I'm using. I'm not using TikTok. I'm not using Facebook because of the amount of time I'm, I'm willing to invest on social media. I picked Instagram and that's it. So if you will follow me on Instagram and reach out your positivity and your prayers are lifting me up and healing me. So that is what I need from the world. And I think you already shared, I chose the name unbreakable underscore Kate to remind myself that I am unbreakable through this. Amen. And that's Kate K A I T unbreakable underscore K A I T. You also have a GoFundMe page. What is that? And what is it for? The GoFundMe page is on the Instagram. It's like on, on the description. Um, or you can go to gofundme.com and type in my full name, which is Caitlin K-A-I-T-L-I-N-E-N-D-R-E-S. And, and you'll see up. it. And they'll see it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Now I'm going to go a little deep here with you. I need you to be vulnerable and humble, but not scared. If, if Jesus was standing in front of you, if you had to ask God for one thing and you knew he was going to answer you, what would you ask him for? Well, that's easy. What? Allow me to fulfill whatever this mission is you have for me on this earth. If it's to walk because I need to walk on stage, then let me walk. If it's to suffer so that I can communicate with others who are suffering, then let me suffer. I will do what God's mission is for me. That is why I'm here. You have a lot of integrity. Eli was feeling that right there. You have a lot of integrity. Um, That is so awesome. And I know I'm going to be praying for you. And so many people are going to be praying for you. Um, last question. If you could leave our viewers, we always ask for one level up nugget. Maybe it's your favorite quote, something that's brought you through, something that you can really help our listeners level up on as if you haven't done that enough already. Uh, one thing that you could really help them get to the next level that's that's helping you or has helped you and that's inspiring you. What would you say? Kind of like, Kate Endress, final thoughts, what would they be? The power of the word, maybe. The power of the word, I have heard of people who have been told, you'll never walk again. You'll never get better. Your relationship is over. You'll, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to put out there a bunch of scary ideas, but um, you maybe, maybe have heard something that is really bad news. And the power of adding maybe is the secret ingredient to finding hope when it feels like there is no hope. You'll never walk again, a doctor tells you. In your mind, you think, maybe. You'll never buy a home. Maybe. You add that maybe in, and all of a sudden, you can just forget about their negativity because it's a maybe. You're the freaking bomb.com. That's a mic drop right there. And just so everybody knows, we didn't get too much into it, but... Uh, Kate is starting law school, I believe next week in Oceanside, like you're carrying out your mission of just life, like what you were planning on doing in the spring before all this happened. Right. Truthfully, I don't know if I can do it. Um, 
but maybe, maybe, I'm going to add that maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe um, because cognitively when I do get brain fog, it is very hard for me to come out of it. And the school is at night, four and a half hours, twice a week. Um, so if I get hit with a brain fog or a back spasm. It's not going to happen for me, but I'm going to pray about it. And um, I believe that this comes live on Wednesday next week. Mm-hmm. So pray for me that I have a good first day of school. Um, And if I can't do it, I will give myself the grace to know that's not God's plan for me. But yes, I'm very excited. I originally had planned to do contract law, but as you know, I'm already going to say it. If that's not God's plan, I won't do it. And everything happens for a reason, even when it's hard. So kind of interesting timing, right? I got into law school in May. (laughs) I got sick in June. We don't know. We don't know where my where my law school may take me, but um, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to see see where it goes. I really am going to pray for clarity on that because I believe God will make that decision very, very easy for you. And there's been times in my life, I'll give you a quick example. I announced my first game uh, with the Titans last week. It started really, really bad, like probably could not have gone any worse. And I had anxiety overtake me and I haven't felt anxiety like that in a really, really long time. And I started getting really bad thoughts in my head. There's somebody better than me. This isn't God's plan for me. Uh, I'm not good enough to do this. I've already made X amount of mistakes. I don't want to feel this way. I should be at home on my couch with my kids. I don't need this. All that stuff came into me. And then when I finally came to realize like, no, that's the desire God put in your heart. And I busted through it it ended a lot better than it began, but I'm going to pray for that, that when you're sitting in front of that computer and I'm going to pray against that brain fog, against those back spasms, but God forbid, like you said, if they happen, I'm going to pray that you push through and pursue with the desires of your heart, because I believe that stuff is a distraction. I am so honored you came on the show. Thank you. Are you happy you came? I'm so happy I came. It's been a lot of fun. And, you know, like I said, if I can just reach that one person who needs hope today, then it's all, all of it, all of it is worth it to me. I really want to meet you in person. I'm speaking at the, uh, I'm speaking at the Pathfinders conference at Awaken Church on November 7th. I'd love for you to be there. I will put it on my calendar. That'd be great. Unbreakable Kate. Come on, baby. (laughs) Eli, how great was she? That was great. I love it. Kate, thank you so much. For coming on Level Up, you are the best. Follow her at unbreakable underscore K-A-I-T on Instagram. I already do. She's phenomenal. And if you enjoyed this podcast, which I know you did, how can you not enjoy it? Please like, subscribe, and share. Um, We appreciate y'all so much. And uh, I thank you for leaving a comment right here. Don't be a freaking troll, all right? You leave encouraging comments, okay? You leave encouraging comments. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in for another week of Level Up.